Hello, hello, Love Wrestling. Welcome back to another Love Wrestling interview. I am JPJ, and I am your host for this go-round, and I am super-duper excited to be talking to the gentleman you see joining me on my screen, one Amir Jordan. Uh, you know, this is really, I'm going to be honest with you, Amir, this is my first long-form professional wrestling interview. So It's me. It's, it's you. Me. I'm excited. It's you. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to have a good chat with you. Uh, but first and foremost, as usual, like I normally do, just how you doing today? How's uh, how's life been treating you lately? I'm great. I'm great. You know, I'm uh, I'm two weeks. I'm two weeks away from coming over to Canada. So uh, I'm all all signs are pointing towards that. I've got a uh, I've got one more show this Saturday, so I'm preparing for that. I'm wrestling Rampage Brown for Northwest biggest ever show. Um, so very excited for that. But once I'm once I'm through with that, the rest of it's just, yep, spending spending all that time preparing myself to make sure I come out to Canada and I put my best foot forward. I've got I've got a one way flight book, so um, I like it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we are going to dive into Canada uh, in a little bit. But I, I I like to you know. At the beginning of the day, right, we, most of us, I would think, are wrestling fans at heart. We, we got into this, whether it's on the, the content side, the performing wrestling side. Either way, I, you know, most of us, if not all of us, are wrestling fans at heart. So I like to dive into, like, when did you first fall in love with wrestling? When, when's the first memory you have seeing it, loving it? Like, when, when, when did wrestling really connect with you for the first time? Um, yeah, I love this one. I love this story. So basically, um, so I was born in Pakistan. Um, so I'm, I'm originally Pakistani, so I'm, I'm dual national. I've got a British passport and I'm a half Pakistani. I'm a bit of a half and half. Um, so basically my, uh, my granddad, um, who basically, it was just my immediate family that immigrated from Pakistan to, uh, to the UK. But this one, so my, my, my grandfather came and stayed with us and he asked for, um, SummerSlam 1997 or Survivor Series 97. I think it might have been SummerSlam or Survivor Series 97. It was the one where it was uh sean michaels as a special guest referee and it was bret hart versus oh the undertaker was that yeah. it yeah when he, hit him, when he hit him with the chair by accident yeah and he spat at him and stuff but i'm yeah. pretty sure i think that was SummerSlam 97 i think that was SummerSlam. SummerSlam 97 was british bulldog on it yeah yes yes i could probably google it but so that was the first. That was the first time I ever laid eyes. Oh, excuse me, ring doorbell. Uh, that was the first ever time I laid eyes on the sport of professional wrestling. Was with with, with my granddad. So both my grandparents were massive wrestling fans, and uh, my grandma, uh, she didn't speak a word of English, okay. but she understood the art of professional wrestling. She knew that Vince McMahon was the bad guy, and the corporation were the you know the, were the bad guys, and the Rock yeah. was the good guy, and Austin was. You know, coming up against uh, Vince McMahon and all this stuff, she knows all the stories. Um, so that's where I came up, came up with it. Was actually watching uh, wrestling initially with my grandparents, um, and then after that, it was literally just a case of trying to get hold of any sort of wrestling. It wasn't as easily accessible back then. Yes, uh, that it is right now. Right, there wasn't a YouTube, and you could go watch Elimination Chamber from two years ago. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, it's it's crazy when you think about just how easy it is to access things now. Like I, I'm in my late thirties. We, you know, we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording here, but I'm in my late thirties and 
when I wanted to get wrestling, when I was a kid and first falling in love with wrestling, like I had to go to the video store and rent old wrestling tapes. You know what I mean? Uh, so now, like you said, you can flip on a computer. You can go on your phone, the thing you have in your hand all day, and just type in any wrestler, anything you want, and you can find almost anything. You know? It's crazy. It's so easy back then. Like I don't know how it was like in Canada, but in the UK, if you didn't have Sky Sports, so we didn't used to pay, right? We didn't used to pay for the channels. So that limits that limits where you can find it, and so, so I and I only used to so I only grew up watching SmackDown because mm. you needed to have Sky Sports for Raw. So really? you'd only okay. you'd only watch I'd, I'd watch uh, Sunday Night Heat, with, where you'd get a few Raw highlights, and then you'd get a Stevie Richards match, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But other than that, I'd get we'd get we'd get SmackDown on Saturday on Sky One at eleven p.m. Uh, eleven a.m. So it would roll okay. from 11, one a.m. one p.m. through the afternoon. Um, and yeah, that's when that's when I finally got some sort of like consistent weekly access to that. Mm -hmm. Around about the like invasion storyline time is when before that I'd watch it in bits. In between, we ended up moving to Pakistan as well. Okay. So yeah, between ninety-nine and oh one is when I spent in Pakistan. So that was again with my grandparents whenever they were watching it or wherever I could get my eyes on it. Um, I'd always try and catch it, and I had a lot of interest. I knew who you know X Pac was, and I knew who all the rest all, all the wrestlers were. Yeah. When it consistently watching, it was probably like oh one, oh two, or three when we moved back to the UK. Okay, and, you know, like I was watching everything, you know, week by week. Yeah, um, and then internet started, YouTube started, Daily Motion, and all that stuff, and then yeah, I don't that's in the world then. Yeah. But, Exactly. Then, we had, then we had BitTorrent. <laughs> Remember that? BitTorrent? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so at what point does the being a wrestling fan turn into this is what I want to do? Uh, weird story. So I always wanted to – so I probably um, my the, the height of my independent wrestling, like internet wrestling fan – Mm. Um, I guess was when I was like 18, 19, as it would be, right? Yeah. I'm talking about 08, 09 when like Dirt Sheets, WrestleZone, 411 Mania. Oh, yeah. Dave Meltz, all that stuff. And I was like fully embroiled into it. You know what I mean? Like I was looking up spoilers for Royal Rumble to see who was spotted. You know, like it was so exciting back then for me to be that type of a wrestling fan because all of a sudden I got all of this access of like behind the scenes, right? And as a mm -hmm. kid, that's all I watched. The world wanted to know was like what happens behind the scenes. Um, so when I got all the access and I started watching like you know a lot of indie stuff and I start seeing oh there's an independent wrestling scene and the schools and you can go and learn and stuff. That's when I developed an interest in being like oh maybe I could go to a wrestling school. Um, but at the time in the UK wrestling wasn't really a massive thing. Okay. Uh, wrestling like in the UK wrestling was on ITV in the old world of sport days when it was in when it was on ITV and it was the the scene was. It had its few moments and stuff, but it was pretty much up and down during that time mm. until it in like 2012, 13 is when it started like peaking to the peak that eventually led to NXT UK. Um, so there wasn't that much access. But on top of all of that, I come from a very traditional Pakistani family and I was brought up with being told that, you know, you're going to get an education and mm. my dad wanted me to become a doctor and like, you know, the standard thing that an immigrant parent would want for their kids, right? Of course, yeah. You know, like in his mind, it's like I didn't sacrifice everything coming from a small village in Pakistan to become a doctor in the UK for you to then go around prancing around in tights. Yeah, was That's that right? Yeah, <laughs> was that was that difficult 
having that conversation with them when you were like, hey, this is really what I want to do. Like, I'm very passionate about this. Like, I'm going to go do this. Was that was that was that a difficult experience for you with with having those parents that wanted, you know, you the best for you in their yeah. eyes? Um, so I didn't tell them for a while. Oh, OK. But I tried to hide it as much as I could. So, like, I started my training at the old Progress Wrestling School in mid-2015. Okay. Um, social media didn't know about my wrestling until, like, April 2016. So for nearly a year, I kept it very quiet because of that fact. And also because of the fact that I was like, let me actually try and you don't want to be one of those guys who says, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, and then you don't end up doing it, right? Yeah. So that was, you know, I was working in investment banking in central London. I was making good money. And I had this little secret life that I had that I was even hiding from like my roommates and stuff, right? Wow. Not okay. anybody knew about it because I was like, let me just, you know, on the sly, I'd have my training gear with me after work. So I'd be getting out of my suit, getting into my training gear, getting on the tube, going straight to training to go do beginner's class to learn how to do bumps, right? Yeah. Because uh, that was my escape. So ultimately, what ended up happening was, I got discouraged when I was at that age. I went to university. I ended up, you know, living out in New York. I ended up getting a good job and everything. And it was very exciting and it was awesome. I was, you know, I was working as a uh, business analyst for one of the biggest investment banks in the world. And oh, wow. I was in Manhattan, in Stanford and in London. Um, so I was doing all right. Do you know what I mean? Yo, yeah, was, for sure. I was on a pretty good path there, working in the right industry. And I had the right skills for it as well, right? I was actually, you know, and that's, you know, there was parts of it I enjoyed as well, but it was one of those things where it kind of, it wears out at you, like living that life and there's, there's a cost to it. Yeah. Cost to all of that money is kind of like your twenties. Right? Oh yeah. And what you're paying and you don't get your twenties every time. You don't get to chase your dreams every time. And it kind of, at a certain point, it got to a point where I was like, if this, if, if this is the life that I have to have to make this one that I have to make, then I got to find a different way because we do spend the majority of our lives at our jobs. Mm -hmm. And the way I looked at it was, cause maybe I'm weird, but I was just like, if I can make such a success out of something that I'm not passionate about, that I don't really care about, um, making a bunch of money for someone else and also making a lot of money for myself. If I put this same energy into something that I did care about, i.e. professional wrestling, yeah, maybe I can make something. So I took the plunge. Like I, I wouldn't suggest anyone else do it, but like I, I took like months to save up. Uh, I messaged places, and my two choices was to either go to because I had money, right? I had a bit of money. Yeah, because you had been working and yeah, being successful. Yeah. And my two choices were to either go to the Dudley Boys Team 3D Academy or to Landstorm, Landstorm, Landstorm School. And ultimately, again, the thing that led me to Canada was the fact that I was able to get an, a work visa to work in Canada because it's gotcha. easier citizen so ultimately at that point i actually came over on a two-year work visa that i paid for myself and that's what led me out to calgary to canada to train at land storms and that's what led me to canada well yeah and i was just i was going to dive into that so yeah so you had your first professional match in england though for progress in the fall of 2015 correct yeah so it was so is that one of their trainee schools so back in the day uh when progress was kind of at its peak at that time um they used to run these shows called Potential, so they had a training school, and they were training shows. So it was it was at a show called. And again, remember this was during my Batman days when I was like, no one knew that about my wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. uh, my family didn't know that I had this match or anything, right? 
Um, so it was at like it was at Nambuka nightclub. It was at like an old nightclub somewhere. And I went to work that day. I went, I came, you know, I got the tube onto the place, and like we ended up. I was tag teaming with this guy, and like we had like these um, golden trunks on that I've never okay. worn. I've always worn long tights, but we didn't have gear, right? But it was cool. It was cool. We looked kind of looked like a tag team, and we, you know, we did a few cool bits that we learned in training. So, yeah, that was my debut match. It was uh, no one knew about it. Yeah, so, all, right. the, all that stuff. The coolest thing is the wrestling world is so far removed from the real world that those worlds would have never collided. Yeah, it's true. It was, it's true. Oh, right? I yeah. kind of got away with it and had my first match, kind of just to myself. It was yeah, cool. that's pretty cool. And then, like you said, you start training with Lance Storm. It leads you over to Calgary. Oh. But you actually started wrestling, or your first run was in Western Canada, correct? Yeah. It- no, 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 absolutely correct. Yeah. So basically what ended up happening was, like I said, I came over on a two-year work visa, which I didn't end up utilizing in the end because uh, British wrestling was booming at the time. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, I don't need to work out here. I'll go back home. Um, but for the six months I was out there, for the first three months I was training at Lancers. Um mm-hmm. Uh, I was staying at his, uh, so he Lance, Lance owns a house in Calgary and his students can rent it out. So I was uh, staying at a house with four other students. It was really cool. There was two yeah. of us downstairs. Um, one of the guys uh, that's, uh, he wrestles under the name of R.C. Dupree. Um, he's he's based out of Pittsburgh. Uh, so he's on the independence. He's done a few bits for AEW Dark and stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I became really good friends with them and we were training every single day with Lance in the ring. Monday to Friday, uh, learning for the first three months. And then for the three months after that, yeah, I was on. Um, I ended up during that time whilst we were training, I was going out to um, help out at, at PWA and RCW. And I was going to mention RCW. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, going to all the local shows. So that's where I ended up working for then. Um, so yeah, I wrestled for RCW. I wrestled for BWA. I went out to Kelowna for this company called Big West Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelowna. That was one of the nicest drives I've ever done because you drive through like the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful scenic. Amazing. Right. I yeah. loved it well. Um, and then I wrestled uh, for HIW out in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. I did the drive the other direction then. I yeah. did that myself. Um, yeah, yeah. So I ended up working for a few little promotions there. And like, had I stayed, I would have ended up, you know, probably trying to do more. You know, I was wanting to do like one of the Tony Candelo tours. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point, I had two options where I was like, oh, I'll move to Toronto and utilize this work visa and maybe go and try and wrestle over there, or I can move back home. At that time, it just made, made sense to move back to the UK um, just because of the way British wrestling was going on. And then 2016, after that, I moved back to the UK and I just joined right into that British wrestling peak. That just basically that year, two years led me all the way from, you know, being a nobody to being signed by the WWE as part of NXT UK within like a year and a half. So, yeah. I- Joined that boom right at the right time, and I had that work ethic, and I was going up and down the country and in the UK. Like when it's good, you can be working like seventeen days out of eighteen in the summertime. Sometime. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty class. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and I was gonna lean into obviously. So you you move back home, you're wrestling yeah. your butt off, you're wrestling your butt off for all these different you know progress and a bunch of other. Uh, companies in england and then the nxt uk stuff happens okay and you're there okay no if there's stuff before go ahead you can stop oh, yeah if you that's i mean to be honest with you that's the thing so like you know i, I kind of turned up and like i was just like i had a I, you know i had i had a bit of i had a bit of business sense and i've had I'd, I'd learned a few lessons from 
you know, real life and whatever I've learned from wrestling. And, you know, being at Lancers gave me such a good foundation. Mm-hmm. Like, I got in my car. I got I got another job, which I ended up quitting again. Um, that was another good job. And I quit it. And I went home and my mum was just like, should you need a slap or what? <laughs> Get life away from this wrestling. Like, that was a job at KPMG. It was a job at another. Okay. So I was, because I had decent qualifications. So I was just like, oh. But I was just throwing these jobs away, like nothing. So, you know. In the end, what ended up happening was like British wrestling was like there was it was brought. I can't describe it. It seems ridiculous now, but like we were having shows on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, like up and down the country during that time. There was yeah. like hot shows with great talent that are now some most of them now are either NXT or on WrestleMania or like you know like guys like Pete Dunne and Rich Holland and yeah. Gibson and James Drake and J- JD McDonough and all these guys like. Um, pretty, that scene must have been just wild at that time. Just bro, wild. They, the crop of talent is just it insane. Was like three shows every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, country oh, like people were people. There was there was mega. There was like fans that had spreadsheets of like how many shows there were, and it was crazy. So as an open wrestler, I was just like, I've got this moment right now. If I can work my ass off, I can get on as many shows. And like, yeah, it got to that point. And then you mix in with the UK back then. I mean, it's quietened down a lot now, but back then we had uh, camp shows as well, right? Okay. So you heard like Daniel Bryan or um, uh, Dax Harwood, uh, yeah. uh, one of the uh, DIY guys. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. Incorrect, not DIY guys. FTR. Um, one of the FTR guys. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those guys, a lot of the American guys have done shows working on the camps and stuff in uh, Butlins and all that stuff. So I was getting experience, so I was getting fast-tracked, like, non-stop, and I was loving it, because at that time, we were getting paid nothing. Um, but, you know, there was a, I was coming up with a crop of talent now, who some of them are like, you know, Kip Sabian's at AEW, and, yeah. like, kids doing stuff at New Japan, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, myself, Joe Connors, um, a bunch of guys got signed by NXT UK. Like, we all ended up taking advantage of, you know, utilising our talents and going up and down the country during the boom of British wrestling, do you know what I mean? Which yeah, then, for sure. Yeah, in the end, what ended up happening was like not that many people knew that I would be one of the guys getting signed because I ended up getting signed with guys like, you know, um, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews and all, uh, mm-hmm. Wild Boy Mike Hitchman, Eddie Dennis, all these guys that had been part of the scene for so long. And it was like a trial by fire for me because I was just like, when we ended up going down to the O2 Arena to get uh, sign our contracts, I was sat in the dressing room with a lot of the UK guys and I was mm. kind of like starstruck a little bit. Oh, for sure. Like, Whoa, this is cool for me to be in the dressing room with someone, you know, some of these guys, let alone, you know, being in the WWE and like Baron Corbin's walking past you and like, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know I'm going to catering and stuff like that. So, you know, to have that exposure early on, that early on in my career, I look back at it now and I was like, that was so good because it was just shocks you into it and that's what I need. I'm a bit yeah. of an and I was just like, I got that so quick. And those four years I ended up spending, you know, as part of NXT UK and training at the Performance Center, being a part of a weekly show and being a part of a tag team. And we ended up going out to WrestleMania, wrestle the access and everything for the WWE. Oh like, my God, I did not know, you know that. That must have been an experience. In a, it sounds like you grew up like mainly a WWE kid too, right? Like were you, was 100%. WWE the, the main yeah, one? 100% growing up. Yeah. WWE. I had it was all WWE. It then turned into TNA in like 2005 and six, mm-hmm. and then when I discovered the internet and I got the downloads and stuff, it turned into ROH and bits of 
British wrestling and then but I was always you know obviously always WWE like always obviously I, ha- I ended up having an amazing fascination for ECW just because oh how I cool. loved ECW but I it was like, I'd, I'd be lying if I said that in 1999 I was tape trading ECW that I wasn't do you know what <laughs> yeah I'm? yeah but like I remember I remember I watched WCW on channel five over here which is one of like the smaller channels in like 2001 and I'm pretty sure I remember seeing Bam Bam Bigelow mm-hmm. like that was my only exposure. Apart from that, it was all WWE. Um, so, you know, to be there and like, you know. I was going to say, to be at WrestleMania, even, you know, wrestling on Access is some. I've seen one of my favorite live matches ever at an Access. It was with the the great Brody Lee and DiJack had a banger uh, one year that I went. Um, but to be, to grow up a wrestling fan, to grow up a WWE kit. It was that you were. Uh, I was yeah, thirty five in New York. It was thirty five in New York. That was the access I was at. Well, there you go. There you go. Nineteen, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Then at the pier. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was that, that was, was a great that was a great venue for access too. It was right on the water. It was amazing. And it, awesome. it was awesome. We got taken yeah. the bus. We got to stay at the hotel at the Maria. It was yeah. like out, that like, must have been so surreal. When you are on the road with the WWE as part of NXT UK, or when we got out to go out to do access, like you get looked after, like they do, they 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 properly. You get treated like a star. You get, you know, we get to stay at like the nicest hotels, the mm-hmm. catering, um, and like you do get an environment there. And like you know, obviously, like you get looked after for injuries too and all that stuff. Like you know, I had shoulder surgery. I had two instances in uh, whilst I was NXT, whilst I was part of NXT UK where I had to take time off with my shoulder and I got paid, you know, I got paid my way throughout it, throughout COVID, all of that stuff, you know, we got paid. So it yeah. was, they even looked after me as well. Do you know what I mean? So it was, you know, it was such a beneficial experience for me to come out of such an early part of my career where now I can be 33 years old. Um, as long as I've been in the business and say that I've actually, it was crazy the way I look at it. I never thought I'd get signed by WWE, let alone yeah. be a guy that's been signed that had a run that got released and that still has a career and that's about to go out and do a run in Canada. And I'm just like, well, you know, wrestling's pretty cool. It works. It out. is. It's the, yeah, it's the best. And I, I was a, I was an a UK viewer. So I, I watched UK. I would usually, you know, I would catch up on it, but I would watch it. And you teamed a lot with Kenny Williams, um, yeah. which led to, you know, a kind of a cool story between you guys that ended with a, a loser leaves town kind of loser leaves NXT UK, no DQ yeah. match that I actually, i it was a very, very good match. You obviously, that was kind of in your departure there. Um, but in general, it sounds like your experiences with WWE and NXT UK were positive ones. You had a great time there. You learned a lot. Um, dealing yeah. With, yeah, I was going to say dealing with COVID and everything kind of in the middle of it. Like, do you think, and again, I mean, we could say this about a ton of things when it comes to like COVID. I don't want to stick on COVID too long, but like, do you think things might have been differently for you at NXT UK as a whole? You personally, obviously, if kind of right in the middle of the run at the beginning, you know, you get there in 2019 and then boom, right at the beginning of 2020, there's a big chunk where nothing's yeah. happening now. Everyone needs to stop. Everything needs to stop. Well, I mean, here's the thing, like, obviously, to, to say one point before everything you know, there, there was very, some very frustrating times mm. in the UK as well. And, um, you know, that this is part, and it's what I've learned to, and, you know, if we were having this interview a year ago, I might have had a less calmer uh, answer to this. And it's a process, right? It's a process. Hey, yeah, you go, you can keep, we keep going, there, there, was, there was some really frustrating times. Like, 
you know, there was there was times where, you know, there'd be times where we'd be sat home for five weeks in between tapings during COVID. You know, it was a real tough time. Like we 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 were probably the show that ended up doing the empty arena mm-hmm. show longest. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, and ultimately that was difficult because you work for a crowd. But ultimately, it made me a better worker because now you've got to get yourself over as a character in front of no one. Like, you know, the, the, it, it was crazy. Like, your music would play and you could hear the camera guys making their little clunky sounds moving around and stuff because the second the bell rung, you, there's no crowd there, right? No noise, um, yeah. And, you know, we, you know, there was time where we spent at the performance center and, like, the reps that we put in at the performance center. And, again, for someone in the position that I was in, I was only ever going to benefit from that experience, the good and the bad. Yeah. Um, during COVID, it was difficult. Um, but ultimately, like, during my injuries, it was difficult as well, going down to the PC and, like, you know, um, you'd always have, like, there was this thing called um, PC anxiety where you're going down to the performance center, but you don't know what you're... Uh, how you're going to be used on TV that week and, you know, stuff like this. And, like, you know, these are things. But, again, you come out of it and you know that this is just part of the journey. And, you know, you, you get signed for another contract somewhere else. You're going to be thinking about the same things. You just get le- you just have to learn to get better at dealing with it. Um, so, like, you know, to get an experience like that for four years as part of my development as a wrestler, because it is developmental, right? We were part of developmental. And mm-hmm. we got really good deals. Um, it's a shame that it all came to an end, but you know, to be honest with you, at that point, I was kind of ready to move on to my next step personally. Anyway, um, yeah. At that time, with the way that things were going, I I was actually personally and professionally not in the place that I wanted to be mentally, and I had a lot of confidence issues as well. And a big part of this past year, post release on the British independent scene, um. I've been working on building that confidence back and getting those reps back in um, just to instill that self-belief in myself. Because again, we all do it. We go through the mental ups and downs because also we've got to remember life is also happening. Real life is also happening alongside all this madness, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. Paid and, you know, cost of living crises and all sorts of gas prices and all oh, this shit. Oh my God, yeah. So like, you know, it's just one of those things where you've got to keep it all going. But I always look at it like this. I'm coming out of a difficult time in my career and I'm coming out better for it as a worker, as a human being, as a person. Um, and that's part of why I'm super stoked to get to come out to Canada and wrestle. Cool. Yeah, cool. And I, I, <laughs> yeah. And I was just going to say, uh, it starts with us. It starts with us at the end of the month on July 28th. You are wrestling for love pro wrestling at our, at our event, LPW 17, uh, violence, violence, violence. But in general, uh, you had your first run of matches in Canada, which we've already discussed. So personally for you, uh, and you know, I know, uh, how cool is it to come back to kind of where it all started for you? Like how excited are you? What are you looking forward to? What are some of the things you remember and miss from that first run you had a little while ago? It's what, seven, eight years, 2016. So you're talking seven years now, but like, what's some of the stuff besides the wrestling, What's some of the stuff you're super excited about to like just come back to kind of where it all started? And like you said, your rebirth uh, in Canada. You know what? Honestly, I never thought that this a time like this would ever actually come because, again, like, you know, I ended up getting released. I ended up going, coming back to British wrestling. You know, a few months ago, like six months ago, is when I was starting to think about what is my next step, right? Where do I want to go next? And like I, I, was, I think I was telling you before as well, like back in the old territory days, when you'd spent a lot of time in one place, you'd move on to another, right? 
but mm -hmm. we don't have those territory grades anymore. But what we do have is, you know, cheap international flights and a smaller world and a global network, right, that we can all utilize. Um, so utilizing that, this is a new territory for me. And, it, you know, it's a new old territory, but yeah. it's a territory and like, I spent six months out in Canada. I've always loved coming out to Canada. Some of the things that I'm looking forward to, like, Lydia, like, I'm looking forward to driving through the Rocky Mountains again. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm looking forward to going to Toronto. I've never been to Vancouver. I spent a lot of time. I'm looking forward to hanging out with all the boys in Calgary and in, you know, yeah. and so I'm, I've got some really good friends from back in the day who I've not seen in years. I've stayed in touch with, um, you know, guys that wrestle for all of wrestling, like Mojibari and, uh, Chucky Blaze and you know all the, a bunch of these guys are all like super cool guys. Um, I used to I, when I was in Canada, I used to tag with uh, Sheik. I was his manager. Oh, Sheik very good. Was as well. So yeah, forward to reuniting with the Sheik again as well. I was gonna say yeah, Sheik's back. He's uh, one half of our current uh, tag team champions right now. There so. you go. So I'm I'm coming back to tag with him again as well. All right, I love that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you said, uh, you'll be in a little bit of a run. You're going to be in Western Canada from July to almost, uh, what, somewhere in mid or end of August. Yeah. And then you're going to be going right. to Toronto, more of the East coast for a little bit at the end. Yeah. So, but, I mean, look, I've booked a one way flight, so, yeah, which I like, I like, uh, you know, when you did in yeah. the UK, they say I'm on a bit of a mad one. Um, because I'm, I, because, because I've always, I mean, this is what's always betting on myself and like putting myself into these positions is always what's worked for me in, uh, in my real life and in my wrestling career. And whenever I've been at a crossroads, I've always been like, if I'm not getting something from somewhere and if I'm not getting what it is, I want, I need to go to that place. Um, so yeah, like through, through all, through August, I'll be based between Edmonton and Calgary. And then from August to TBA, I'll be based out in Toronto. I've got some family out in Toronto and stuff. Very good. Um, and I know that there's a lot of cool wrestling out in Toronto that I want to explore. Yeah. Uh, like Destiny Wrestling and Smash Wrestling. And there's a bunch of promotions out there that I would love to get get my hands on. And I really want to go train at Battle Arts as well. I really oh. want to go to Battle Arts Academy um, out in Mississauga out there as well. So, you know, for me, this is as much as it's a wrestling trip to do wrestling shows, I want to go to all the training mm. sessions as well. I want to go train with people like... For me, I've got this time to fully like invest in professional wrestling. And it seems like I'm coming to a scene that seems to be on the up. Like ever since COVID, like I'm doing, I'm, you know, I'm wrestling for love wrestling. I'm wrestling for WrestleCore in like my first few days. Like the, like I'm doing six shows in my first 10 days. I can't yeah. remember. The last time I did that was probably in like 2018 when British wrestling was at its, you know, yeah. at its but I get to do that out in Western Canada, and I love to travel as well. Um, I love a, I love AMW. I go for AMW. I'm trying to think of all the Canadian things. Yeah, all the things you're gonna Tim hit, you're gonna try to hit. The standard ones, Tim Hortons. The standard ones, Tim Hortons. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm watching Trailer Park Boys to. Uh, okay, all right. That's pretty so, good. That. Well, that so that's a start. Yeah. Right. Um, well, you kind of answered. Like, like Our Lady Peace and Nickelback. Okay. Our Lady Peace, great, great band, great band, one of my fans um you kind of talk obviously the the you going back to canada for the next few months is kind of the immediate future for you um but as you said you've kind of like regained your confidence kind of reset yourself coming out of like you know a time that wasn't so great um what are the future aspirations for amir jordan now like obviously you're going to hit canada these next couple months you're going to kill it but have 
Are you just thinking about that right now? Or do you have some short-term, long-term future goals that are kind of on your plate that you're trying to accomplish here as you move forward? I want to sign a contract. I want to sign my next contract. Okay. And uh, I know WWE is, not, WWE is always going to be there. Yeah. Uh, and WWE will all, like, you know, obviously WWE to WWE. But um, I think it's really cool that I've got an opportunity right now, having been to the WWE, to explore other options. Mm-hmm. And I always found it, you know, even just as a wrestling fan, I always found, like, Eddie Guerrero's career cool. Or, like, a Chris Jericho career. Yeah, Chris Jericho, I was going to mention, yeah. When he went to TNA and, like, had a room there. Like, I've always wanted to be one of those wrestlers where... Even on the indies in the UK as well, I've always wanted to make sure I wrestle that every place. It's like a weird OCD thing, maybe it is with me, but I've yeah. always felt like those wrestlers are the coolest. Like the guys that, oh, he, he did a little bit in Japan. Or like, you know, Brian Danielson's a really good example. Like he wrestled everywhere. Then he went to WWE and like, yeah. so like, I'm, 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 I'm looking for my next professional contract. Um, and there's noise that needs to be made in order to do that. And me betting on myself with this trip is the noise that is hopefully going to be made. So I'm quite forward and quite strong on the belief that this is going to be a career changing trip for me. So I plan on making it that. I love it. I think there is no better way than to end this chat with that. I want to thank you again for joining me. Let the people know. I know you said you got one big match before you start uh, your way. So let the people know where you're going to be wrestling your first couple dates in Canada so they can, you know, try to check you out if you're going to where they're going to be. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm wrestling a bloody man mountain by the name of Rampage Brown on Saturday. Uh, that's the biggest wrestling show, that North wrestling that's run out of Newcastle. I mean, it's probably a little bit too far from Edmonton for anyone. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this, I am taking, God help, I'm, on the 27th of July, I'm leaving Manchester Airport and I have three separate flights that I need to take. Oh my and I God. really hope that there's no delays I'm due to land in Edmonton on the morning of the 28th and the show's on. So wish me luck. I don't have any issues with luggage or anything like that. Yeah. Um, But granting all of that stuff going smoothly, I will be at Love Wrestling on the 28th of uh, July. On the 29th of July, I will be at WrestleCore in uh, Vancouver. And that's that's actually our rock music festival. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... the Russell and Roots Music Festival. Very um, good. Awesome. That like I literally get there on the day. I've got a show. Then we got to find a way of getting to Vancouver. I think I'm going to be in a car with someone. That's going to be awesome. And then I'm back for a few days, and then I'm back again. Um, I'll be wrestling for All Star Wrestling in uh, Abbotsford in Vancouver. Uh, that's a double show on August fourth, and then I'm back in uh, Vancouver again for uh, Wrestle Call. They've got the Lucha Libre spectacular. Yes, I saw that. I did see that graphic and they just keep releasing like new graphics of new talent where i'm just like that's going to be the best two days ever because there seems to be talent coming from all over the world and like i can't get to mingle and meet them all and learn you know from different styles and you know maybe show them a few things that i know and all that stuff and i think that's going to be super cool because it like this is what i'm saying man like the Canadian scene seems like it's kicking off. I've not even, you know, this is my first 10 days and you guys are keeping me busy. Like, I'm coming to work. I'm coming to leave an impression. And like I said, like, I'm coming to make some, I don't even know if I'm allowed to swear, but like, I'm coming to make some effing noise. Yeah. And, and I think, be- yeah. And I think you'll make plenty of, yeah. I think you'll make plenty of noise up here. I think all of us, uh, 
all of Love Pro Wrestling, and I can probably speak for all of Canada, are very excited that you're going to be here for a while uh, doing what you do best. And it all starts on July 28th for LPW, LPW 17, violence, violence, violence. You will be challenging Son of Irish for the LPW Challenge Championship. Best of luck to you that night, my friend, and thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. This was a great chat, and I hope that we get to do it again. Awesome. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you. Yes.